Holy Hour of Power, the Terry and Jesse Show. Love God, save soul, slay air. My name is Jesse Romero, the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady and your spiritual fitness trainer. And Terry. Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of Our Lady, the Lebanese lover of Our Lord and your spiritual fitness trainer. I have a comment to make before we talk about the topics for today, and that my comment is the former Father Frank Pavone. Because of the information I've been given, and I understand now, that the Pope has the authority. Uh, sometimes when you have too much authority, you can abuse it, but I, I would it's say that... It's called clericalism. Yeah, it's called clericalism. But uh, Fran, Pope, Fran, Pope Francis did that to Frank Pavone. Now he's Frank Pavone, and he said he's waiting for the door to open. It was closed on his priesthood by Pope Francis, but another Pope can open the door, and I think that's grand. But I'm going to make a prediction right on the air that I told Jesse before the show, and that Father Frank Pavone, now Frank Pavone, if he stays faithful to which he said he is, he's going to not leave the church. He's going to continue the work with priests for life and save babies and encourage people in their healing power of the sacraments that other priests can give to him, uh, to these people. I believe 100 years from now, the Frank Pavone will be St. Frank Pavone, and they're going to restore his priesthood, I believe, in sometime in the future also. So I'm very optimistic. I think injustices that take place in the church God is going to use this as an example for the future church. Okay, that's what I had to say, Jess. Yeah, that's why the Bible says that uh, God will use the humble to shame the wise. That's right. Those people that were unjustly treated treated in this lifetime, in the next lifetime, they're going to be like senators, congressmen. They're they're going to have a very high position as citizens of heaven. And the people that abuse their power in this lifetime— They'll be they'll be fortunate if they're even washing windows in heaven and cleaning the golden streets. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get yeah. to our topics. The human extinction movement targets God and you. Great topic on that. And then we're going to cover the U.S. Archbishop denounces the madness of the LGBT ideology and address to Catholic businessmen. I've met this uh, particular bishop, Archbishop. We'll talk about him. And also, Jesse, we're going to have our friends from Church Militant come up the last segment on usual uh, usual segment on Wednesdays talk about the news but Jesse I have to tell you the great, greatest news story of all year I mean, my part she's the woman of the year okay this is a story where the national pro life group is honoring an 84 year old woman who was shot while canvassing against abortion Jesse oh, yeah. if I'm 84 years old and I'm still swinging the bat for Jesus that woman could have died a martyr trying to help save babies from being murdered and she was willing to go out on her out on the on, and canvas for life 84 years old that's an inspiration story for me Jess well that 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 to a woman I, I, my is, hat goes off to her I, I can't even tell you you can't even put words into you know woman of the year are you kidding <laughs> women of the decade <laughs> exactly. uh th- that this type of apostolic courage is yeah. is uh is Mendable. <laughs> Yeah, this is this Outstanding. is this is what's called heroic virtue. Yeah. When, when when saints get canonized, the church always looks for what's called heroic virtue, right. and this lady has it in spades. Amen, brother. Let me mention a few sure, before items we uh, sure. before we get, go into the good news yeah. of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Biden administration is suing Arizona for securing the border. Can you believe that? Yep. Biden's administration's Justice Department <laughs> on Wednesday. Sued Arizona Republican Governor Doug Ducey and his administration for using shipping containers to build a wall along the state's southern border with Mexico. 
the legal move comes after Ducey directed the State's Department of Emergency and Military Affairs to close 3,820 feet of open border, which they did with 130 metal shipping containers in just 11 days. That's what he's getting sued for. Also, ex-Twitter boss takes blame. Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey on Wednesday admitted in a series of tweets that he was wrong to allow leftist activists within Twitter to pressure him into banning uh, President Donald Trump from the platform. He said this, quote, The biggest mistake I made was continuing to invest in building tools for us to manage the public conversation versus building tools for the people using Twitter to easily manage it for themselves, close quote. So Dorsey wrote, we did the right thing for the public uh, company business at the time, yep. but the wrong thing for the Internet and society. Another news item. It took $44 billion from Elon Musk to reveal the horrific left-wing authoritarianism of social media giant Twitter. And it took $44 billion to show that everything Twitter founder Jack Dorsey and the executive team of Twitter publicly stated about censorship and limiting the reach of notable conservative Republican pundits was a complete lie. Dorsey and his accomplices never cared about our country's most cherished liberties, that is, freedom of speech, nor did they care about protecting democracy. They secretly ran Twitter with a left-wing iron fist that more resembled the Soviet Union than the United States of America. And finally, Pelosi attacker had a hit list. Yeah. Hammer-wielding attacker David DePoppy, a homeless... uh, uh, the homeless man that apparently had a much longer hit list of people he wanted to confront after he was arrested at the home of Paul Pelosi, husband of outgoing uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat from California. The list included the House Speaker Governor Gavin Newsom, uh, a Democrat uh, and also actor Tom Hanks, and President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. So this uh, homeless uh, guy wanted to visit those other people as well, Terry. Wow. You know, Jesse, I can only tell you that we're living in a world where common sense is not that common. I mean, <laughs> really, we are just, we've gone with common sense. It's and that's gone. why I love, Jesse, going to the gospel every day here on Virgin Most Powerful. Soul food. Soul food is what we need. We don't need uh, all this crummy stuff that's make-believe stuff. We, we want to know what is reality, and the gospel will teach us the realities of life. Well, what I like about today's gospel is that yeah. all of us are on a journey to the Holy Land, Amen. and that Holy Land is heaven. Yep. It's not, uh, it's not Israel. <laughs> Luke chapter 139. Yeah. Mary set out in those days and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah yeah. and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. For those of you that are following uh, the the uh, the Holy Mass readings, what jumps out at me is that in verse forty one, where the Bible says "leapt in her womb." Yeah, this is Elizabeth's experience, but it it, it was interesting that it, it parallels the experience of Rebecca in in Genesis chapter twenty five. We see both Saint Luke and the Greek Old Testament that it uses the same verb, yeah. skirtio, 
to describe children leaping or stirring in the wombs. As Rebecca's experience, it signaled the, the preeminence of Jacob over his older brother Esau in Genesis 25. And so we see a similar experience here of Elizabeth. It was a sign that Jesus would be greater than his older cousin, John the Baptist. Also, what jumps out at me is verse 42, where the, verse, the words, blessed are you. Notice that Elizabeth, the older cousin, blesses Mary with words once spoken to Jael and Judith in the Old Testament. And these Old Testament women were blessed for their heroic faith and courage in warding off enemy armies hostile to Israel. And victory was assured when both Jael and Judith assassinated the opposing military commanders with a mortal blow to the head. Well, Mary is going to follow in the footsteps of these holy women in the Old Testament. But in her case, both the enemy destroyed and the victory won will be greater for she will bear the savior of the world who crushes the head of sin and the devil will be smack dab under her immaculate feet. And also verse 43 jumps out at me where it says the mother of my Lord. This title reveals the twin mysteries of Jesus's divinity and Mary's divine maternity. And if you notice that in every occurrence of the word Lord in the preceding this verse, Luke 145, the surrounding context refers to God every single time. And so Mary's divine motherhood, the first Marian dogma expounded by the church at the Ecumenical Council of Ephesus in 431 AD, where she's divine, she was called Theotokos. It, it, this is the verse that's, that they lean on right here, where Elizabeth calls the baby in Mary's womb God. The word Lord and God are synonyms for the Jews, Terry. Well said. Let's get the smartest guy into the room right now, Fulton Sheen. He says, full sheen ahead. We always make the fatal mistake of thinking that it's what we do that matters when really what matters is what we let God do in us. Well said. Mm. Contemplation must not be lived as a form of self-absorption. It must enlarge your heart to embrace all humanity, especially those who suffer. Well, you know who I, I describe with that would be Frank Pavone. I'm oh, serious. That just hit me. That's that's a great message to all of us. Not what you do, right? But and Terry, you know, uh, personally, me, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to personally just call him Father Frank Pavone. I'll tell you why. Tell me why, Jeff. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, it, he's a priest forever. He's a priest. For, yeah. I so got that. what what the Bible says is is higher than what any man you says. know jesse a, a, yeah. you made it's a higher. you made a great point the word of the, god is higher than what any man said that's right that's what the church teaches jess yes so that guess once what? these Frank, ordained Frank Pavone. yep yeah they have an indelible mark yeah it never of goes a away. priest it no no a pope can't take it away a bishop can't take it away excommunicate can't take it away it's an indelible mark it's there forever yeah and so the book of hebrews mm-hmm. one uh, uh, it, it, psalm 110 it tells us that you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And so as yep. far as Jesus is concerned, yep. he's a priest forever. That's good enough for me. And as far as the church administration, the Pope can take that away. But like you said, the Bible says he's a priest forever. Wow. Yeah. Good point, Jess. Hey, when we yeah. come back, let's talk about craziness, right? The human extinction movement targets God and you and me. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Jess Romero, I got to compliment you, brother. 
I just went upstairs. I thank God at age 66, I can still run upstairs and back and get back and before the Praise break. The Lord. Because my, my guys, guys my age can't do that. Now, Jesus, exactly. thank you for giving me my, my health. But Jess, what you said about Father Frank Pavone, I just, it's going to go on the internet. It's also going to go on that we are convinced that someday he'll be a saint if he stays faithful in this state and he's in right now and doesn't walk away from the church and stays faithful to his duties. Because he's going to be an example for the church, for the millennial. I mean, for many, many years. Okay, I just had to say that. Let's get to our topic, Jess. This, um, this topic is like, what? The human extinction movement? Who are they? They're targeting God and you and me? Terry, Terry this, is, this is all part of the Great Reset. Exactly. This is part of the whole, the whole globalist uh, world economic forum movement. This is all part of the whole communist antichrist They're all agenda. in bed together. Yeah. Depopulation, human extinction, yep. all of this it means the same thing. Yeah. Before modernity, mm-hmm. Christianity guided individuals to live according to human nature and the moral law, which comes from God, established by the Creator. As it should be. This system allowed families and societies to prosper and help people in their quest for sanctification and the final destination of heaven. Exactly. Here's what changed everything. Yep. The 18th century Enlightenment liberals threw everything into darkness. People claim that they could not have certainty about God, his moral law or heaven. And so the enlightenment liberals through science and reason, they imagined a world without God and moral restraints. They made liberty, not sanctification, the supreme achievement of life. Let me jump in and just say, do you remember that Time magazine that said God is dead? Yep. This is all of what we're talking about. Keep continue, Jess. Yeah, exactly, Terry. This is a this is a continuation of it. Yeah. Over time, people have followed this freedom to include the right to do just about everything, even self destruction. Think about yeah, I want to kill myself. I want to go get euthanized. It hardly seems possible that humanity would have degenerated from desiring heaven to seeking out annihilation. But that's what's happening. <laughs> I know it's crazy. A growing human extinction movement is moving out of the fringes and into the mainstream. Yep. These people do not want to exist, nor do they want others to survive. The proof in the pudding is right now, Terry, we got the highest suicide we've ever seen in the United States of America in human history. Absolutely. And, and Jesse, where they're saying we're supposed to be the happiest, where just the opposite is happening. What's different? We threw God out. That's right. So there's a process towards extinction that, that uh, yep. we're, we're walking towards. The quest for non-being comes when liberalism... Yep which acclaims reason and science is crumbling. 19th century liberal, liberalism, by the way, which is a sin, according to Catholic teaching, old I got liberalism that is a sin. <laughs> liberal, liberalism sought to establish a regime where humanity would be freed from the restrictions of tradition, yep. religion, and social structures. This vision proposed the liberated individual as a supreme model and controller of personal destiny. People dreamed of a super-industrialized society that would facilitate this freedom so that all could be whatever they wanted. (laughs) So we call that now the transhumanism movement. Yeah, the me. It's the me movement. It's all about me, myself, and I. Continue. Thus, modernity built a society that sought freedom inside a naturalistic and materialistic vision of reality, excluding the official recognition of anything supernatural and spiritual. It frustrated people because they could not satisfy spiritual desires that are part of human nature. Of course it would. Jesse, this eternal natural law, the foundation of moral morals and law, you know, post-modernity entered the scene in the 60s. We were alive at the time, Jess, yep. and was introduced 
a new kind of accelerating freedom that sought not after reason and science, but more spiritual imagination, fantasy, un unreality. Yeah, individuals yeah. free themselves from eternal structures like reason. I, I know, I just read what identity and narratives. People can be whatever they want to be, or even not to be at all. Like I can be seven foot four when I'm five foot four. Get out of here. Continue, Jeff. Something interesting, Terry. You mentioned right there, but the article says that yeah. people are are seeking imagination, yes. fantasy, and unreality. Right. Yeah. Father Ripperger says that every city has a demon assigned to it by Satan. Oh he said this, the demon of Los Angeles is called the demon of unreality. Wow. Yeah. Well Unre Think about that. Yeah, of the course. Look, at, I live here. Yeah. And he gets it because during exorcisms, demons give names. And a lot of his cases are from Los Angeles. Yeah, I they, know they, that. they fly over to where he's at. Yep. But he, he says the bulk of his work is from 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 California. And uh, <laughs> so hence comes the 21st century extinction movement. It's a consequence of exacerbated freedom that finds the most basic structures of identity and even biology suffocating. For example, advocates like Israeli author Yuval Noah Harari, who is by the way pro-LGBT, a practicing homosexual, he denies the existence of the soul, free will, consciousness, and self. Hmm. He says that all these restrictive structures must be eliminated. Indeed, being becomes onerous and oppressive. Leading to the desire for human extinction. This is what Yuval Noah Harari says, who is, uh, again, basically, the, the, he, co he consults uh, uh, Klaus Schwab. Yep. He's his main consulter. Yep. In a feature article in The Atlantic, December 2002, writer Adam Kirsch traces his path to extinction. His new book is entitled, is, his new book is expressly titled, The Revolt Against Humanity. <laughs> uh, with, ima imagining a Future Without Us. He documents the growing acceptance of human extinction everywhere, he writes, from Silicon Valley boardrooms to rural communes to academic philosophy departments, a seemingly inconceivable ide ideas being seriously discussed the, that the end of humanity's reign on earth is imminent and we should all welcome him. This is why Pope John Paul II called our time the culture of death. Yep. This is the death march, Terry. Right, exactly. The revolt against humanity can be divided into two contrary currents. They may radically disagree on many issues, but they share the desire for the disappearance of humans from the earth. And by the way, they use anything, jabs, viruses, mm -hmm. abortion, contraception, whatever they can do to satisfy their father, the devil, who's a murderer and a liar from the very beginning, they will do it. This is why the secular world, John Paul II rightly called the culture of death. And you see why we have suicide? These people, would be, they better never have been. In other words, once they're in this world and they get so depressed, they say, let's get everybody dead. This is not good. Let's get out of here because they have no belief in God. The first human extinction group consists of anti-humanist radicals who see the human abuse of nature as a justification for looking forward to extinction. It rejects the hates, the traditional Christian narrative that puts humanity at the center of God's creation to be served by the lower beings. They can't handle that, Jesse. Continue. Mm -mm. In his book, Better Never to Have Been, yep. philosopher David Benatar argues that the extinction of humanity would not deprive the universe of anything valuable or significant. <laughs> what a nut. He claims any pretense of importance is human arrogance or misplaced sentiment, sentimentalism. Indeed, it is better that, 
things will someday be the way they should be, there will be no people. Terry, that's what the left wants. That's so sick. The le- yeah, well, because, because the left is anti-life. Yes. They're, just like their father, Satan. They love, they love death. Yeah, they're working the, for the other guy. Let's just be Yes. Honest. The devil comes to kill, kill, steal, and destroy. John chapter 10, verse yep. 10. Yep, yep. And this is why the left loves, they're fascinated with death. Yep. In this vision, humanity is hateful, is a hateful virus infecting the earth that needs to be eradicated. There need not be any being that has a conscious understanding of the universe. Nature alone would, without, without, perceived meaning would suffice. So they want to go back to Genesis chapter 1 before the creation of anything. Yep. Terry. And now turning matter into data. The second group of extinction of advocates consists of, we talked about it last week, transhumanists, who welcome the demise of humanity in its present state. Humanity's role is to invent its successor using cyber technology. Cybernetic, yeah. Cybernetic technologies to go beyond being human. In other words, this Harry guy, Harari, each can be a, here it is, a homo deus, a man-god that transcends material limitations. You see, Jess, they all want to be God. Where did that come from from the Bible? Yeah, of course, Satan, that's right there. This, this current is more metaphysical, Gnostic, than the first one. This futurist talk of animating the universe by turning all matter, humanity, and energy into data Mm. I know you, this is crazy talk. They speak about freeing humanity from the embodiment of their physical forms. Now this Kershaw, he, he likens the process to the ancient Hindu belief, you see that? That the Ataman, the individual soul, is identical to Brahman, the world spirit. One idea, one, one ideal world of, a, of the transhumanist resembles an immense metaverse in which the uploaded minds could have experienced and adventures we can only dream of like living in a movie or a video game stop this is nonsense it also forces the possibility of artificial intelligence ai creating taking creation taking over the world and suppressing the human beings who made them Reminds me of the Terminator movies, where, movie. ro- exactly. yeah, where, where the mo- robots took over the world yep. and kiss, killed most of the human race. Yep. This is where all these guys want to go. All these guys, all these globals, Yuval Harari, uh, Klaus Schwab, this is where they all want to take us. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all secular humanists, and they're all working for uh, Satan. They're all working for Satan. Yeah. Transhumanists see the need for someone to experience the world, conscious, the world conscientiously if life is to have meaning. Yeah. However, they do not care if the perceiver is transhuman, a machine, animated data, or all of the above. So what is the target? The target's God. Human extinction ideas have already entered the postmodern world. It is found in the emphasis on experience over human life, as seen in procured abortion, assisted suicide, euthanasia, and ecological schemes. Others call for nihilism the abandonment of civilization, and the end of childbearing, also already reflected in demographic trends. The enemy is humanity that must be suppressed, even those who do not desire extinction. But the actual target, however, is God. Since man is made in his image and likeness, the human extinction currents want the image and likeness of God erased or replaced. They cannot bear an existence by which one is indebted to a benevolent creator. Both currents are the logical result of enlightenment liberal thought that imagines a self-centered world without God. Both share a hatred for the creator and his wise limitations on finite creatures that secure their happiness. 
unable to become gods, advocates of these currents seek annihilation for everyone, be it as a species or as a transitional stage of development. This attitude mirrors Satan's who would prefer not to exist rather than to serve God. Well said. You know, Jesse, I always talk, we always talk about two teams out there. Yes. You know, there's two, two forces, good simple. and evil, all right? It's a simple, it's a really simple, Jesse. Sons of God, sons of Satan, 1 John 3.10. Exactly, Jess. Yeah. And this is what we're hearing right now. So yeah. I'm asking yeah. our listeners, yeah, pray, you know. Uh, Recommit re- every day re- to become a, be part of the, the, the team of ch- the children of God. Every exactly. day through prayer, sacraments, recommit, recommit, recommit. And raise your house, your domestic exactly. church. Raise them to be disciples of Christ. Amen. This is what the left hates us, families and kids. That's what yep. they hate. That's what we Train your do. kids and grandkids to become disciples of Christ. That's how That's how you get back at these uh, sons of Satan, Terry. Yep. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about an archbishop. Praise God. He denounces the madness of the LGBT ideology. In address to Catholic businessmen. It's not Bishop Strickland, I'll just tell you that, but when we come back, you'll find out who it is. I've met him, and I believe that he's a man of God, and we'll talk more about that when we come back here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jessica has been on hold for a while. Oh, she has, okay, she's not on yet. She really wanted to jump in on this uh, transhumanism. Oh, okay. So we'll put her yes. on, but I guess she I got cut off and she's going to call right back. Jesse, um, I have to say Archbishop Paul Coakley of Oklahoma City, he's warning of new threats to the church's good works and the coming of the intolerance of some extremists like our president and the political left. Now, Jess, before we get into this article, I have to tell you, a couple years ago, I was up at the Napa Institute. This was when Bishop Strickland was there and Archbishop Cordelione and three or four other bishops that came to the chapel at five in the morning for a holy hour. And guess what? Archbishop Paul was one of them. And I got uh, to pray the rosary with doesn't him. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, all these good guys, there are five or six Orthodox bishops who were there to pray. And I felt like, wow, man. I, I mean, I make my holy hour, but I didn't expect these bishops to come in. Well, they did because, you know what? They also love Jesus. And it's pretty obvious from this article, Jess, that we're going to share that uh, he's willing to stand up for the truth. He also, the, the Temple of Satan went out there to go do a black mass, oh, yeah, and he stood up against story. them. He he marched with a bunch of lay Catholics, that's had the Blessed Sacrament, and prayed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was there. He was he's there the just like a, like a general. He was love right it. there in the front. Of, he was the tip of the spear against the Temple Good. of Satan. Yeah, so at a meeting of Catholic lawyers, businessmen, and CEOs, uh, Archbishop Paul Coakley warned against the plague of relativism Good. and the eclipse of truth, sweeping every aspect of American life and denounced the transgender movement as well-intentioned madness. Good, man. We need more guys like The that. Oklahoma City Archbishop, who was elected secretary of the U.S. Bishops' Conference last month, thank, thank you, Jesus, Amen. delivered his comments at the November 30th meeting the Monsignor Heron Dinner of the California-based Napa Institute, a group of Catholic businessmen uh, founded to serve as 11 in educating, forming, and networking Catholics. Uh, Here's what uh, the Archbishop's address was titled, Transgenderism and the Eclipse of Truth. He said this, We see the plague of relativism in nearly every aspect of life, Archbishop Coakley said. In politics, we speak of alternative facts. In education, this emphasis on equally valid perspectives, and sadly, sometimes even in the church, 
with its push to change her moral teaching, especially her sexual ethic. He's talking about James Martin. Mm -hmm. There's no starker proof that we live in a culture where experience and a desire eclipse the truth that the, than, than the transgender movement, close quote. Coakley noted the progressive steps leading to the current wave of LGBT propaganda, beginning with the sexual revolution of the 60s, the prevailing acceptance and practice of contraception, the legalization of abortion in 1973, a Supreme Court decision, now overturned by Dobbs v. Jackson, and the increasing acceptance of homosexuality and same-sex, so-called same-sex marriage. These cultural and moral landmarks in American society, Archbishop Coakley argued, laid the, gro the groundwork for the LGBT agenda sweeping the nation today. He said, the pill gave the illusion of completely untethering sex from reproduction, fueling the fiction that sexual desire could be pursued with costs or without consequences, resulting in the acceleration of the rapid breakdown of the family and the establishment of abortion as a constitutional right in case, in case contraception failed, Coakley said. Mm. And in 1973, here's the big one. Yeah, this is. The American Psychiatric Association removed homosexuality as a category of mental illness, close quote. And, and by, by the way, we all know it's mental illness. All of us know that. But again, it was they were lobbied to remove that. Uh, the bishop noted, drawing a connection between homosexuality and the moral relativism that underlies transgender ideology, he said, quote, support for homosexuality severed the connection between sexual activity and the inherent desire between men's and women's bodies, turning sexual orientation into an individual's choice based solely on desire, he said. Go ahead, Terry. I just want to say one thing to you that isn't it interesting? That's the same year, 1973, when we approved, he has the Supreme Court Roe versus Wade decision to kill unborn babies. It yeah, all, that's, it's all connected is what I'm saying, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, and, and that's the same year that Our Lady in Akita, Japan, uh, same Japan uh, told us that bishops would be yeah. uh, fighting against yeah. brother bishops, cardinals versus cardinals, and that God would one day rain fire from heaven. And what I like, he said, he said, he continued, he says, gender is now being determined simply by how one feels and how one identifies in order to avoid being labeled transphobic. These feelings must be accepted as true indicators of gender and that these feelings must be supported even to the point of inalienable gender affirmation surgeries. Nonsense, he says. Non-binary identi non identities have mushroomed and their spread has gone mainstream. This transgender ideology, this transgender philosophy is based on a false and defective, totally inadequate anthropology. Jess, let me, before you go on, I just want to make this point. It's like me saying I'm six foot four when I'm, I'm five foot four. Stop this nonsense. I mean, where's common sense? Look at me, dude. I'm a man. I'm not a woman. Yeah. Just because I say it, that, where do we get that? Because I say something, it means that it's, it's my truth. It comes from Satan, Terry. All this confusion that we're looking at, it comes from Satan. And I can prove it to you. Go ahead. Uh, Dr. Peter Kreft says, and uh, he says in his book, Angels and Demons, oh, yeah, quote, Satan's strategy is to confuse us, mm. to dim our intellectual lights, for instance, by convincing us that truth is negotiable. Here's <laughs> another proof that Satan's behind this. Cardinal Raymond Burke, quote, let me make clear that confusion is never good. Confusion is the work of the devil. Yeah. It always has been and it always will be. Close quote. Father Chad Ripperger says this. 
Demons will make people confused, yep. give them anxiety, fears, and a deep depression. And I'll go to one even higher than all of these exorcists. First Corinthians 14, 33, go. God's word. Yep. For God is not the God of confusion, but of peace. Well said, yes. I, I think I've made my you case. Nailed, I think yes, you all of these, pe- all, all this LGBT, yes, homos, it comes from Satan. Yep. This confusion comes from Satan, period. Yep. Not from politics, not from liberal, from Satan. Yep. Continue, Jess. Denouncing the insanity into which the transgender movement has descended, Archbishop Coakley declared, quote, the trans movement is doing great damage to society, close quote. Opposition to the practice of conversion therapy, which seeks to assist men and women in the acceptance of their natural biological sex, the Archbishop condemned as, again, quote, well-intentioned madness, close quote. Well-intentioned madness. (laughs) Archbishop Coakley also defended parental rights and the integrity of women's sports. He castigated those who marginalized parents in order to protect their children's so-called gender rights and denounced the injustice of men identifying as women in sports. He's really covering it all, and I really appreciate that. Now, this gender, okay, the archbishop warned that due to measures of the Biden administration, he calls them out, and the agenda of the liberal left, the church now faces Growing legal threats. Jesse, I hope the Holy See doesn't get rid of this archbishop because he's getting into politics when he says the left, liberal left. I'm yeah, and by the way, Jesus says those that are on the left will go to hell. Just, yeah, I'm just, yeah, well, he's just talking one, about... One in, one in, interject that. Well, yeah, and he's, he's really putting himself at risk by doing that, and I thank him for that because in the climate of the church right now, uh, anybody who, who goes into politics and says what's right and common sense... They might lose their priesthood. You know, Jerry, but it's not really even politics. It's morality. I know it isn't, but that's what they're calling it, even at the highest it's levels of the poli- church. It's morality. I agree 100% with that. I'm going to get back to the article. That's what Fulton but Sheen says. He's exactly. This is morality. No. Go ahead. But you see, some people in the church think you can't talk about anything yeah. on left or right. All right. So, new threats to the church. He says this. He says, church is now facing legal threats to the charitable works in which she is engaged. New threats to the church. Good works are due to the intolerance of some extremists within the political left and their marriage to the most radical forms of social movements. The bishop noted that the Biden administration, thank you, Bishop, has promoted regulations that would force doctors and hospitals to perform gender transition procedures and mandate insurances to cover these procedures. Jesse, Finish it up. I'm sick. Calling for an authentically Catholic pastoral response, grounded both in charity and in truth, the Archbishop said, Coakley said, quote, in the face of all these dangers from the trans movement, we are called to love and accompany every person struggling with a gender dysphoria, Yep. especially because they are typically in immense pain. Of course. But he warned, quote, if the devil can confuse society, which he does, about about sex and gender, he obscures our understanding of God's plan for humanity at its very uh, roots. All I can say, quote. Jesse, is amen, amen, amen to the yes. Archbishop. Yeah, and, and, and all of this, there's a phrase, I think, that that really identifies all of this. And it comes from Sister Lucia Fatima. Oh, she yeah, coined final, this term. Yep. Yeah, she, called, she's, she said in a lot of her writings between yep. 1969 and 1971, time and time again, she wrote the statement. Yep diabolical disorientation that we would enter into a time of diabolical disorientation. We got it. We're here. 
Exactly. Exactly. We're here. And, uh, you know, from, and, uh, from my from my teachers, Terry, from, at, at the Libra Crystal, Father Ripperger's instructors, yeah. uh, Dr. Dan Schneider and Kyle Clement, yeah. they always use a term. They always say the demons militate human behavior to absurdity. And so I asked them, really go into that deep. They said just what a demon does is individually and in a society, they push and push human behavior to become more absurd, more absurd, more absurd, because the demon cannot stop his desire, and he drives individuals and societies into more bizarre, strange, uh, absurd behavior. And the only way, Kyle, Kyle Clement to Dr. Schneider, uh, the, uh, the two instructions for Father Ripperger, they say the only way people have to f- resist and push back because demons are always on the attack doing a full court press. Yeah. And, uh, and this is the perfect example of the way demons have militated our society into absurdity. And this started, Terry, in the 50s with the sexual revolution. Right. And look where we're at right now. You Complete absurdity. You got it. I want to remind everybody, we have an evangelization conference in this time of ins- insanity. Yes, we're going to evangelize people with the gospel. <laughs> yeah, what a novel idea. Amen. The 14th, that's the answer. Yep. Well, that's the answer. Exactly. Yes. Loving God, saving souls, and slaying error. That's the answer. The four- yeah, the 14th yeah. of January, Jesse, his brother Johnny will be there. I'll be there. Join us by going to vmpr.org or calling to register at 877-526-2151. We can still say it. We're too blessed to be stressed. Yeah. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Up next, Church Militant News folks telling us what's up tonight's news. Stay with us, family, for more of the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We are here with our good friend Hunter Bradford from Church Militant, filling us in with the news in the church, politics, and culture. Hunter, what do we have going on tonight with Church Militant Evening News? What's going on? I'm not sure if you guys know, but, you know, the church is, the men in the church are a bit corrupt. And so we've got news pertaining to that. <laughs> you think? Um, but, yeah, no, it's just a little bit corrupt. I think the people in the church yeah, are, they're struggling with sin and concupiscence. Yep. But mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the first uh, news story we got is a Nigerian priest was kidnapped. Uh, Father, Father Christopher, associate pastor at Maria Assumpta Parish, uh, he was kidnapped on December 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the front gate of the parish hall. Uh, his whereabouts are currently uh, not known, but he was kidnapped by a group of uh, Fulani Muslims. Yeah, Just a quick note. Yeah, because I got a comment. Go ahead, Jesse. Uh, here, I believe that at the end of time on Judgment Day, I think in heaven, there is going to be so many people from the Middle East, Catholics, Orthodox, that are in heaven, simple folks that were persecuted all of their life by these wicked Islamists. I think heaven is going to be top heavy with uh, with uh, people in the Middle East, uh, Christians from the Middle East, Christians from Africa. And I think heaven is going to be paltry with yeah. uh, Christians from America. And I want to paltry just, numbers. You know, I just have to add something because we've had priests here in L.A., on our radio show that have been kidnapped in Nigeria mm. and they just want their ransom money and they get people to give big bucks and they never say how much they have to give. 
but it's a lucrative business in Nigeria to, to, to take nuns or priests, steal them, and, you know, kidnap them, and then wait for the money to come in. So it's really sad because the government there is very corrupt. Imagine that. And yes. I wish the I wish the Holy See would make a comment on this. This is what we need to be. Oh. They need to be. They need to be pounding this drum every single day, uh, not you know not talking about uh, ecological issues and uh, global warming and climate change. Yeah, this if is what they should be talking about every day. Yeah. Yes, if we had the same amount of energy, we being the church hierarchy. Uh, if they had the same amount of energy towards sin yeah. in general, no matter its manifestation, but <laughs> yeah, sin in general, as it did, you know, recycling and global warming and oh, climate yeah. change and and immigration, then man, uh, our church would look like the the bride of Christ that she is. But going off of yeah. another point that you made, Jesse, uh, I think the, the saintly response to persecution, the saintly response. I'm not saying it's uh, the response of most Catholics, because is it, it is indeed not. But the response of saints to persecution is actually a spirit of gratitude. It's a spirit of, you know what, thank you for giving me the opportunity to say yes to our Lord in this way because of your persecution. So I think there's going to be, as you said, a lot of saints in heaven who will be saying thank you to, to, to Muslims and uh, violent extremists who have persecuted them for the sake of righteousness. Um, and so I, I think we should all have a spirit of gratitude to any person who is persecuting us for our faith. Well said, well, Hunter. Yeah. What's up after this? Yes, uh, second story uh, actually pertaining to some corruption. We have a bishop who blackmailed, a French bishop blackmailed a male asylum seeker ending having sex oh, no. in exchange for residence documents and accommodation. Uh, he did this to, with two different people, one of them, one of which is a 27-year-old Haitian illegal immigrant. So there you go, the church's connection to uh, immigration. <laughs> immigration there, in addition to, of course, uh, aiding and abetting in illegal immigration. But this time especially, it's got, this story's got sex, it's got immigration, it's got all of the, the popular sins. Can it get any lower? This is why I keep telling people we need to pray for our leaders in our church. We have a corrupt church. Let's just be honest right now. Look what's happening. And every single one of us, one of us listening can offer our prayers and sacrifices yep. for the conversion of these prelates. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, just a miracle in the midst of all of this is that people continue to come into the Catholic Church I know. despite yeah. this. I mean, I look for example, the parish I go to, uh, there's 38 people coming into it. It's not a big parish either. 38 people coming in a lot of to RCIA. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, again, you're just here for a suburb here in Phoenix. Uh, and and you, you have big names. I don't want to mention them. I don't want to scare them away. But you got big names out there. Well, I'll just throw one out there. Candace Owens, is, her husband's a Catholic, and she's like, he's got her on a reading list. And, I mean, uh, you know, you've yes. got Jordan Peterson, who went to a Steubenville conference. There are people that are peeking over the fence yep. into the Catholic Church despite the human element because you know what they're seeing? They're looking at the church's teachings. Yes. That, that, that's the divine aspect of the church. It's perfect. Her sacraments and her teachings are perfect. And I think yeah. these converts that come into the church, that's what they're seeing. And they just they just uh, overlook the weeds of the of the human sinners that seem to be running the church but they're looking at the church's 
sacraments and holiness and prayers and liturgy, that's what's drawing them. It isn't the, it isn't the people, trust me. Can I just jump in and say Alphonse Radisbon, he, uh, this is a story in 1850. He was going to uh, talk to a guy for his business. He had some business in Rome, and one of the friends showed him a beautiful painting inside a Catholic church. And, of course, Our Lady appeared to him and converted him to become a Catholic. But beautiful. what was shocking about it is when he came and told the priest he wanted to become a Catholic, and he said, why? Well, he said, well, first of all, any institution is as corrupt as you guys that could still be around 1,800 years. <laughs> it must be supernatural. That's true. All right, continue. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it strikes as humorous, any Catholic, because yeah. we, uh, we understand exactly what that means. But yeah, so the third story yep. is um, we're moving to the university sphere. Yep. Uh, Stanford University uh, recently put out, their, put out their plan called the Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. They released oh, no. it in May. And uh, they're, so they are removing words from their IT system and websites, words like grandfather, words like brave. And actually, <laughs> uh, the, the word that's getting a lot of the headlines, it's in a lot of the headlines, is the word American. They've also removed that word uh, from their websites and IT systems. Uh, of course, that is the case. Uh, any, any true commie does not want to compete for the number one spot uh, in, you know, in terms of nationality, in terms of pride. And so you can't have American there. You can't have man or woman. Um, I mean, we're getting to the point where it, it's becoming controversial just to state basic uh, truths of reality. Yeah, I, I have in my hands a encyclical by Pope Pius IX on communism that I would recommend all of us read because what's happening is we're seeing it happen before our fate, before our eyes, just what Holy Father back in the 30s said about communism. So just a recommendation. Yeah, yeah I think one of the things um, Christians today will be struck by whenever they read a past pope is how clear and manly exactly. they talked back then. It was like, wow, not only do I know what this guy is saying, but it's it rings true, and I feel convicted by it, and it challenges me. I mean, you'd read Pope Francis, and first of all, it'll take you hours and hours to because it's like, you know, 6,000 paragraphs. And then after you're done, you're like, did I actually read anything? Like, did I What did he say? Yeah. Well, can I give you an example? Here's what he said about the condemnation of, of communism, Pope Pius IX. In the face of such a threat, the Catholic Church could not and does not remind, remain silent. The apostolic see above all has not refrained from raising its voice for it knows that its proper and special mission is to defend truth, justice, and all those eternal values which communism ignores or attacks. Do I need to go further? Let's go. I mean, that sounds like a dad protecting his exactly. children from, I mean, in, from someone who's coming to attack the family. Yeah, it's very clear. Yeah, and the, the, Pope, the Pope just gave an interview. It came out on several, several uh, news agencies on communism. And as I read it, I read it like three or two or three times. Uh, I'm saying, okay, is he for communism? Is he against communism? Is he saying the gospel's communist? Is he saying I'm communist? Again, he does this on purpose. The the ambiguity, ambiguity, it's, this is by design. This is this double speak. This has been happening. Uh, 
Uh, Skillebeck talked about this back in the 60s at Vatican II. This this is the way the modernists and liberals speak. It's ambiguous so they can say, no, 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 here's what I really meant. They're experts at verbal engineering because they know that verbal engineering leads to social engineering. Absolutely. One of the things that we can do in response to hearing someone else be ambiguous is not be ambiguous. We can be clear. We can mean yes when we say yes and no when we mean no, because we have control over the words that come out of our mouth. And lastly, uh, before before we go, I want to uh, plug Red Top Report. Uh, Same show, but new host led by uh, my friend Joseph Enders. Uh, You can find that on YouTube. You can find that on our site. Scroll down. It'll be on your right side. And also on our site, uh, you can go to SirChurchMilton.com, and on the on the top, across the bar, you'll see a uh, the word shop. You can click on that, and you'll have a number of different items and, and uh, things to buy. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Great. I'm glad you, you plugged it. That's important. All right. Well, thanks again, Hunter. And Hunter, the last uh, thought I wanted to, for, for those who are the resistance group that you guys have around the country, I want to give a plug because I think more people with the Father Frank Pavone situation are starting to realize, hey, i got to be part of the solution. How can they join that? Well, you can go again to our website, churchmilton.com, and on the bottom, actually across the top, I believe we have a resistance mm-hmm. uh, link to hit. And on the, if you scroll down to the bottom, it'll also be on the right. Uh, and then we have a number of employees who specifically are dedicated to working for Church Militant's resistance arm. And so they can, uh, you'll when you call resistance, they'll be able to answer the phone and talk with you. And I think of what Archbishop Sheen said, uh, just to get a plug for that resistance, is that who's going to save the church? The laity. Right. So yeah, thank you for putting that together. That's the church. Have a happy Holy Advent season, uh, yep. Hunter, and all you guys at Church Militant. Keep it up. And, and uh, Merry Christmas, uh, a few days in anticipation. Yep. Hope, hope you guys enjoy the birth of Christ as uh, we, we will do. be enjoying the birth of Christ as well with our families. You too, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. God love you. You got it, right? You, you know, Jesse, what I like about Hunter and about Church Militant is that they really do tell us not just the problem, but the solution. That's right. Yeah, they're, they're problem solution uh, yeah. action yeah. items. Same with us. That's why we get That's why we get along. Yep. By the way, uh, let's remember, don't forget, evil never rests. we got to fight this together until the end of our life. St. Father DePio, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and God will hear our prayer. Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pick up your rosaries every day. Go to confession. Yep. Time to go to confession. It's this. It's the Christmas season. And remember, pray America great again. Pray America great again. Terry. Well said. And don't forget, I say it every time at our, our Lady of Fatima. She says souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Are some of our prelates doing that? I would say so. We need to pray for our church because where the leaders take them, that's where the church goes. So yep. let you and I make some sacrifices for the salvation of souls. And again, I want to thank you for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you want to make a year-end donation, call us at 877-526-2151 or go to vmtr.org. May God will bless you.